So you're drinking some tea? Yes, I'm drinking some tea. I, you know, I yelled a lot yesterday at the Renaissance Fair. So what what kind of tea you got? Oh, just you know, Earl Grey honey. Nice, no, good, 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 good standard. Good combo. Good combo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, always honey. Honestly, anytime I try to have sugar in tea now, it just tastes gross. <laughs> I have. I have gotten to the point now where I don't have sugar or anything in tea anymore, but I also have gotten in the last, I think the last year or so, I've gotten on like a kick with tea. Like I've been buying like bags of like... Yeah, fancy. Fancy, like fancy loose leaf tea. Like I have a tea infuser mug and shit, you know, so like... It's gone. It's gone off the rails. Yeah, I guess I, I should have figured that when you asked me what kind of tea it was. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's tea. Yeah. You know, I'm either drinking this or Irish breakfast. So. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I um. So I guess maybe this this question won't be anything. But I put I put, I put some uh, put something in the chat because I was like, okay, I got to remember this. So have you ever had? Um, it's called I think it's called lapsang tea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barbecue sauce. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know what okay, you're so you about do now. know what I'm talking about. I okay. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've definitely had that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I bought myself, um, I bought myself uh, a, like a bag of Lapsang, um, and I opened it up. I'm just like, what? What does mm-hmm. that smell like? What is I was like, oh, God, it smells like barbecue sauce. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird one. It, it's a weird, it doesn't taste like barbecue sauce. Uh, no, if yeah. I remember correctly, it's like very woody. You know, it's interesting, actually. So, um, you know, this, just before this, Stephen and I were just kind of chatting a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I made uh, I made beer. And when I was drinking the tea, the th- it occurred to me what the tea, at least this particular brand of Lapsang tastes to me, is it tastes like the unfermented, like the sugary, like beer wort. Like not obviously the sugary part. But, like, the kind of, like, smell of it and taste of it, for some reason, like, reminds me a lot of beer wart. It's really, it's really weird. I was just like, I was, I was like, I was like, this seems very familiar, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Beer wart. That's what it tastes mm. like to me. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know what that smells or tastes like, so it's, I'll take your word for it. It's hard to describe if you've never. It's like lapsing. It's like lapsing. There you go. <laughs> it's like lapsing. Ah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so how was the Renaissance Fair? I, by the way, still... Uh, I think we I think we talked about this last year. Still, still haven't been to one, but oh uh. uh, yeah, I mean it. It was fun as always, you know. You got your the, giant turkey uh, leg, giant turkey leg, pickle Good. wrapped in uh, jerky. What? Very important. <laughs> Sorry, what? Yeah, pickle wrapped in jerky. Yeah, jerky wrapped pickle. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. I like pickles a lot, obviously. So yeah, I do too. I I never. Never occurred to me to wrap it. I mean, I've had pickles in multiple different ways, but never with jerky wrapped around it. That's a new one for me. Good. I guess it's not conceptually that different from bacon wrapped pickle, but it's not. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. You just I get the teriyaki jerky. Okay. Extra good. I can see. I can see how that would be very delicious. Sweet and salty, you know. You know what? It's a classic combination. It's a Mm -hmm. classic combination. But yeah, I, I cannot say that I've ever heard of jerky wrapped pickle. It's it's not even something they really offer. It's like it's a pickle and jerky stand, right? <laughs> oh, but like okay. the the first time I went back as an adult, I think I met the owner of like because there's multiple stands, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're just talking to an employee. But one time I met the owner, and he was like, "Hey, listen, if you want a treat, like buy two, buy a pickle and jerky and wrap it." It's like clearly he's just trying to sell more pickles, right? Yeah, but like it was good. 
This is some secret menu shit, right? It here. Was. It was. It is. It is literally secret menu shit. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like ordering the McGangbang at at McDonald's. That, by the way, you know, I found out about that, and I have been ordering like when, whenever I like I'm, I'm like on the road, like if I if I need like like take a road trip somewhere, and we stop at McDonald's. I'm I'm nine times out of ten. I'm ordering myself a McChicken and a McDouble, and I'm taking that McDouble, splitting it up, and sticking that McChicken right in the center of it. Boy, is that a good mm. sandwich? I don't know. Some some weird about it, but it it seems to work. So yeah, I can see that. <laughs> uh, like, chicken and beef, though. Ooh. I mean, yeah, but it's McDonald's chicken and McDonald's beef, yeah, which that's true. functionally tastes so the same. <laughs> it tastes like McDonald's grease. That's what it tastes like. It's good. It's it's it's, good. It, yeah, it's no. it is it is better than the sum of its parts. I will say it's just one of those things. You're just like, why is this tasty? But it is. It's just, I mean, it's just the magic. not to not to be an ad for McDonald's, but I, I'm personally a fan of the Big Mac still. Yeah, I know we talked about that a couple podcasts. Yeah, oh ago. right, it's that's like, right. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's you know it's 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 a good sandwich, man. You know, yeah, good like, sandwich. Yeah. People people don't sleep on the Big Mac. Don't sleep Terrible. on the Big Mac. <laughs> Terrible for you, know. you. Yeah, but you know, tasty. Yes. <laughs> mm. So oh, do we want to talk about some of your music or something before we start? Oh, absolutely. Um, actually, but uh, I have a couple of, I have a couple things. I have a couple okay, things. Okay, sure, sure. So first of all, I looked it up last time because we were talking about RimWorld and Prison Architect last time. And, uh, you know, I was editing the podcast, you know, a little bit mm-hmm. ago. And it was like, I was like, ah. I was like, they're too familiar. They're too similar. Like, this can't be a coincidence. I have to like, I, I got to do the research on this. Turns out Prison Architect was first. I can believe that. RimWorld, the guy, because he's not like, I mean, you know, he was like, he, he knew what he wanted to do from a gameplay perspective, but he was not that much of an artist. So he basically just like, as a placeholder, essentially copied the Prison Architect uh, yeah. like, guys and then never got around to doing new art. <laughs> so he's just like, I guess this is just the game now. Yeah, but it's- so that is how it came about. It was It was not a coincidence. It was just kind of a... As an element of laziness, just kind of got around mm. to like, ah, you know what? Whatever. That's <laughs> whatever. Good enough. It is good, good enough. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, RimWorld's a hugely like, I mean, I, you know, I, I know about RimWorld, so that means it's, it's, it's penetrated yeah. into my sphere of like things. But, uh, yeah. And like, I mean, from everything I understand, it's just like, it, it's almost like a better prison architect. So, I mean, good on him, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's more like a more simplified version of Dwarf Fortress. Yeah, that's what I understand it as. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it is similar to Prison Architect in some ways, not real. I mean, in the sense that it's like it's it's. I guess it's kind of the opposite because in like Prison Architect, like you're you're not so much directly managing like the prisoners, whereas in RimWorld, like you are like more mm-hmm. actively, you know. No, not really. To... Okay, <laughs> no. I lied. I haven't played the game, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's they're still mostly independent of you. Mm-hmm. You just kind of. Very, very loosely give them. I guess it's like you have a different relationship towards your prisoners. It's just a whole different. I mean, it's not. It's not really. It's like I I wouldn't really call the game similar at all, honestly. Ah, all right. Well, fair enough. Yeah, they're. they're, I mean, the the art styles make 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 it seem like they're very similar, and the fact that you're like a god looking over at like a bunch of people, Mm -hmm. like the gameplay is not the same at all. Okay, fair enough. So very, so very, yeah. You know, I, I guess that's the thing. It's like, I always, I always saw it just kind of took for granted. It's like, oh, okay, it's going to be in a lot of ways similar to Prison uh, It's kind of like, it's like kind of like the difference between like Roller Coaster Tycoon and SimCity, if that makes sense. That, you know what? That's a good analogy. It's like, yeah, they, they, they seem like they would be very, very similar. But once you play them, it's like, yeah, those games aren't the same at all. <laughs> yes. Very different metas. Yes, exactly. And then as I see here, you've written down other things. I have written down some other things. I do not um, have an answer to that question. 
<laughs> you don't. Because we're, watch- we're watching it as a group. And so we have kind of, I guess the answer is that we stopped watching it. So oh, then okay. that's your answer. We kind of just, yeah. it's hard to get four of us in a room together. So okay. You know, that's a just factor. because others can't actually physically see the screen that we're looking at. The question I was going to ask Stephen, <laughs> um, <laughs> something we occasionally take for granted, and I do my best to fix in editing as much as humanly possible, but <laughs> Rings of Power was going to ask Stephen, is Rings of Power any good? Uh, apparently he stopped watching it, so the end. Um, yes, I, how I about, have not. How, how about Hot D, House of the Dragon? <laughs> oh, okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I guess I you're gonna... right, yeah, Hot D, yeah. I've seen so many people reference it like that, that I just... I, I also stopped I... watching, actually. So okay, that's that's pretty much yeah. all I needed to uh, know. Yeah, um, House of Dragon certainly better, I think, than Rings of Power, but mm. it doesn't help that I know. It's like I don't know. It's like I know what happens already. Yeah, it's like I don't know if I knew that. Like you know, spoiler alert. But like if I knew that, like you know, Bran ended up on the Iron Throne and Daenerys dies and etc. Right? Mm. It's like I probably would have stopped watching Game of Thrones too way earlier. So fair. Yeah, I mean, you know, to some degree, I was watching the rest of Game of Thrones to find out how it ends, quote unquote. I mean, functionally at this point, I guess probably actually how it ends since unlikely to get the rest of the books. But, you know. Yeah, I think the books will be different just out of necessity. I mean, yeah. And will they ever be finished by George R.R. R. Martin? They Although, probably... oh, did you hear, though? Did you hear about the Jon Snow show? No. They're just moving ahead with a with a um, sequel to Game of Thrones. Hmm. And it's going to be John of Thrones. Uh, John of Thrones. John of Thrones. No, <laughs> John if they of don't, Thrones. Can they call it that? That's what they no. should call it. John of Thrones. It's that just Jon Snow, but it's it has Tyrion in it again, apparently. Okay. So I'm hoping have... it's just like Tyrion goes up to the wall. I'm sorry. Have you not seen all of Game of Thrones? No, no, no. I have. I have. Oh, okay. I, I have. I no, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, okay. no, 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 no. No, no. What I was going to ask is I was like, does it also have... Like Kit Harrington? Is it? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yes. okay. Good. Okay, I just yes, want to make sorry. sure. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, because you specified Tyrion. It's the Jon Snow like, show. Yeah, I, I figured okay, that but was. But you, you did specify sure. Tyrion, so I was just like, hang on. Stan. In addition to Kit okay. Harrington, <laughs> they did. We're also Kit. getting. Uh, yes, his name. His name. Fuck. Uh. Oh my God. That's terrible. Yes. It, it, yes. It's very terrible. Fucking Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> Jeez. we're yeah. very predictable i guess mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> okay mm. i mean you know what i, I could be down for that i i really enjoy I, listen all of- if it's if it's Tyrion just like coming up to the wall and being like hey uh everyone left that hated you so just like come back and like be king actually it's like i'm down if that's what it is you know yeah. like retcon the ending yeah, like just fucking you know, toss it out. Oh, no, Round your brother it. died from a heart attack. Oh, whoa. Oh, no. Guess you're going to have to come back down. Oh, yeah. Avenge, avenge his memory. Yeah. Also, you know, be the thing that you should. we should have ended the show yeah, with anyway. Exactly. But, you know. yeah. <laughs> we got there, hopefully. Okay. Yeah. Eventually. No, I have to keep an eye out for that. I have to yeah. keep an eye out for that. So the other thing, I left a note for this, because this, so... We talked a little bit last time. Um, we got off way deep on a tangent about the Wachowskis and some of their shit. And I guess the fact that I maybe just realized that I like a lot of their stuff, even though people don't um, like, you know, there's a ton of stuff that people are like, nah, that sucks. And I'm just like, no, it doesn't suck. It's great. I think I figured it out. I think I get it. I think it's because they're basically like to me, like after after having just been like 
rubbing my nose in anime for like the past like year and a half or so because I just like that's what I felt like watching, you know. Uh, I, I think that basically what the Wachowskis are making in almost all of the media that they produce is essentially live action anime, which I can understand why people find kind of cringy. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I, I, I'm like, I feel like this is probably scratching that same itch for me. You know, like it's like mm. the same level of like somewhat ridiculousness paired with like very seriousness and like absolutely no acknowledgement that either is out of place with the former. Um, and I, I think that I love it and I'm here for it. I think that's what I like. You know, like, cause I, like, I, I was thinking about sense eight and I was thinking about like, why do I like this show? Like, cause by all accounts, I get why people think it's kind of weird and schlocky and, and dumb. Um, but I'm like, I think, I think it's kind of like, it, it almost feels like an anime pre- premise, you know? Like, if, if they had made an anime about Sensei, I feel like it would have been better received. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely think the cyber, uh, cyber the Animatrix is, mm. like, one of the best iterations of the Wachowski stuff. Mm. Specifically because, I agree, like, they do make live-action anime. Mm. And because of that, they will they will always be limited by reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, and also, to some degree, like, you know, there's there's been other... There's been many attempts to make live action anime and by and large, it, I feel like fits in kind of an uncanny valley where it's just, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess because like, I mean, Speed Racer aside, because Speed Racer is literally, yeah, Yeah, sure. But like the Death Note adaptation, the like, Hmm. you know, but like, you know, uh, Sensei like could have been an anime. And in a lot of ways, the kind of insanity of the premise almost lends itself better to some type of animated style versus trying to do it for real. Um, But then they just did it. And I'm just like, man, Jesus Christ. Like, okay, you know. So anyway, that's that just wanted to just a light bulb clicked in my head. And I was just like, I think that's I think that's what it is. And I also can understand why people are like why they watch it and they get kind of a feeling of just like, hmm. Because I do think it is, to some degree, it's a little bit uncanny, you know, because it is trying to do something that perhaps would be better served by an animated style, but they just do it live action anyway. And, uh, yeah. it's oh. It's been a long time since I've watched Sense8, so I can't remember why I didn't like it, but it wasn't that it, it didn't, I don't know, I don't feel like it was that it felt like anime. I think it was because it was, like, incoherent <laughs> to some degree. But, like, I can't remember specifically, so I don't want to, like... I don't want to like. No, it's all right. I won't put you on the spot for that. I don't. I don't actually know what my complaints about that show anymore are. (laughs) And I'm not fucking rewatching that goddamn show. That's that's fine. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, uh, I'm not going to. Good. Fucking good. All right. So yeah. Other than that, man. What else has been going on? Not much. You know. Like I said, I've just been knee deep in watching anime. I watched fucking. shit what's the name yeah of what it? anime have you watched yeah recently uh so i finished ace of the diamond from last time cool. um, so that's yeah. that which took forever but it was great and i enjoyed it but um we watched um we watched devil is a part-timer okay yeah that's that's a good one you know it's like a reverse izakai that's, like it's it's fun it's fun it was a, it was good i actually i i i enjoyed it i enjoyed yeah. it yeah. um and then we watched uh what was it uh kaguya sama love is war oh god yeah okay sure it's good yeah. It, it's yeah, good. It is good. It's real good. It's. <laughs> is this going to be another one of those like fruits basket where you're just like, I've heard too many like 13 year olds tell me to watch this that I don't want to watch this. No, 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 no. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I feel like clips of that. Sh- I don't know. 
you know, you know how I am. I feel like clips of that show give me an appreciation for it without having to have to actually watch it. No, and, and I mean, honestly, in a lot of ways, it's very similar to like a couple other ones that I've watched. Actually, I mean, it, honestly, it's very similar to Psyche K in that like oh, yeah, most, mm-hmm. of the, most of the show's vignettes. Like yeah. the last season of that show is just like mm, chef's kiss. So good. But like that, that the last bit of it is a more coherent yeah. story than mm. the, like the rest of it, which is okay. mostly just a clip show. So yeah. like there's a payoff, right? Like because up- I, I do feel like having watched many, many clips of the show from browsing, you know, Reddit anime and stuff. It's like I have seen probably all the good stuff to a degree. I mean, maybe depends on, you know, I guess, I, I you know, I, I'm always a fan of like watching a thing because ultimately in a lot of ways, even if the parts are good, well, often sure. the whole is, and then this is one of those ones where I think that the whole is greater than the sum of its yeah. parts, despite the parts themselves being good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then we're watching Toradora right now in the middle of that. Haven't quite finished that, but that that's another good one. That was, that was good. And then we watched, um, fuck, what did we just watch? We watched Gargantia. On the Verduous Planet. <laughs> oh, Gargage. I don't. I never watched that one, but it, people said it was good. It is. Right? Yeah. I. It is. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wait a second. I was thinking of something totally different. <laughs> this. This anime. I definitely watched some of this, but I think I got out before it got bad. Did it get bad? I don't. I mean, I, you know, I, I. here's the thing, because I feel like I did hear that complaint that people are like, it got. I think what happened is... I get the feeling that there was a lot of like rushing going on in the second season. Yeah. Well, which, there's some, yeah. Which to me means nothing if I can't notice it. Like I, I, I feel like there was probably some time jumps in there that like, like manga readers are like the fuck. But like for me, who's never read it, I don't care. I'm just like, oh, okay. Like as long as it remains coherent and like, it, it isn't like really obvious that they're skipping shit, you know, like, doesn't really bother. And sometimes even when it is obvious that they're skipping shit. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I can see what you were skipping and I can see why you're skipping it. So like, let's, let's keep, let's keep it moving. Um, but no, I mean, like I, I thought it was, I thought it was coherent, you know, mm. I thought, yeah, I mean, I thought it got a little rushed, but like not in a way that really bothered me. And it was kind of like, I was kind of ready for it to be finished anyway, <laughs> which maybe is an indictment a little bit. Um, yeah, I will say, I guess I'll say this. I thought that the follow-up like movie like the two part movie thing. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, yeah. Was the best part of the anime. The anime wasn't bad per se. It wasn't great. It was a certainly it was a it was it was a little bit of a mind fuck, certainly a passable like mecha anime. I enjoyed it. Really liked the movie. The movie was like I wish that the whole anime was at the level of the movie because the movie was like, mm, this is really good. I'm really, really enjoying this. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. Yeah, I do I do have a shit ton of music if you want to take a look at that. I've been busy, Steven. I don't know what happened, but I just like so there's there's one Lying in Dreams, Perfect Machine, Favorite Record, Morning Rush, Test Track, which you should not ignore, Firing Line, and that's six. And you've already listened to Wonton Destruction. Okay, I have. Yeah. That was the that was the one that I sent you that's like drafts drafts. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You did listen to this, I think. I definitely did. Yes, I remember. What did that. you think of that, by the way? I was, I was actually pretty pl- pleased with myself when I made that. I mean, it sounds like drafts, drafts to a degree. It's a, little, it's a little slower. Yes, that was what I, I mean. Like you know, I, pl- I played the guitars and I played the bass on that. Yeah. So nice, I, yeah. I, I feel pretty happy about how that came out. You know, like I don't usually do tappy tappy stuff, like because I'm insecure about my guitar playing abilities. Um, but 
I did it for that. I did the tappy tappies and I was, I was surprised at how well it turned out. So I was, I was a little bit, a little bit happy on that one. And so what? And so this next one into the firing line or the firing yeah. line. Yeah. This one is, this, this one's going on the, this one's going on the black metal album. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's, um, it's a little more melodic, I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if you could have a previously. ballad on a black metal album, I guess this is the ballad. <laughs> Yeah, and also I think the the production's a little clearer too, right? So I yeah, I'm fixing my production on all the black metal stuff now because I've <laughs> learned things. <laughs> I will be doing this going forward and I'm gonna fix anything else that's on this album. Just unacceptable. Fixing black metal production. <laughs> too, good. Too, too good. Too good. Too, Way too yes. good. <clears throat> I'm just trying to I'm trying I think it's like what? Ulver sounds kinda of, has this kind of sound on some of their stuff. Their early, early stuff. Mm-hmm. It's that like, um, what is it? Let me try and find a good example of it. Yeah, I guess it's the guitar, like the back, the back, the backing guitar. I guess. Okay. You call it. Yeah, it's like the high pitched one going. Mm. Uh, like you start going like a lot at it, uh, like around three fifty nine here. If you skip to there on the firing line. Yeah, three fifty nine. By the way, I love that transition around like three fifty, just like with like the you know yeah, with kind the of drums. Like half half time drums. You know, yeah. it's like. It's like, mm. yeah, it's good. But yeah, so I've had those lyrics sitting around since probably 2008, 2009. Um, it was originally meant to be a thrash metal song. Like I was listening to a shit ton of and Justice for All from Metallica and, you know, like like one and all that shit. And like I wrote those lyrics a million years ago, intending it for some kind of thrash metal song. Never did anything with them. I wrote multiple iterations of this song, never was happy with any of them. I finally was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I have these just sitting around doing nothing. I'm making a black metal song out of them. There it is. I finally. So there's it is. It's it's actually it's it's a little thrashier than some of the other stuff that I've written. But like, that's where that's coming from is because this was originally conceived as a thrash metal song. Oh, OK. Interesting. Yeah, you can definitely hear that to a certain extent. It definitely yeah, doesn't sound little... like as as black as some of your other black metal songs. <laughs> it's like gray metal. Yeah. All right. So the yeah, test track. I got a new thing. <laughs> Well, a, a new little to toy to help me do glitchy shit you got the you got those you're uh spinning those discs i see yeah that um that was actually just like part of a drum loop that i was using um but it worked so i was like all right cool why not mm. the glitching seems to like blow out my like headphones a little bit though interesting to go through it's not as like i don't know i don't know i don't know if i whatever you're using what are you using to glitch like do that so it's this plugin called Shaperbox, which basically like it allows you to do a whole bunch of different stuff. But one of the things it does allow you to do is essentially manipulate time a little bit by like it'll just call back to previous bits of it. And you can pick exactly where it, you know, flips to. So you can get those kind of like bits where it kind of just, you know, and you can actually hear that much more in the second track Morning Rush. Like mm. this one has much more obvious that because like this first one was just me kind of fucking around trying to get things figured out hence test track um but i thought it was cool so i i posted it but like right yeah right at like 15 seconds like i start you know messing around with like a lot of the the time drip like you know yeah i'm listening i'm listening to morning rush now too also i guess you're right because uh you mentioned last podcast around 15 seconds that's where i like start doing shit in my yeah yeah well i mean that's pretty common you know 
I guess, I mean, I literally did it in this one exactly at 15 seconds, yeah. so I guess you're not wrong. Yeah, you know, I mean, everyone's got a style. It's literally not intentional. <laughs> it's well, yes, that's what makes it your style. <laughs> I get it. Fair enough. Is it feels right, so you just do it a lot, which is good. You don't want to fight that instinct. Yeah, you definitely, I like, whatever you did on Morning Rush, I like it a lot better than I than Test Track. Yeah, this is much more refined. This was like, this was, I, I was going very Graham Cartna on purpose on this. Yeah. Okay, I can see that, yeah. It's been a long time since I've listened to Graham Cartner, though, to be honest. So It's been a long time since I have, too, but like this is the <laughs> stuff that I remember. Yeah, I, I, yeah Graham Cartner, I think, would go more high-pitched. And more chip y Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, chip y This is much more... Um, I mean, it, it is still kind of 8-bit, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely feels yeah. video gamey. Yeah, I wasn't going quite as far on that one. Yeah, that's good. I, I like the beats on both of those. I just... I don't like whatever the like where, where does it happen on test track yeah i guess it's what it's the snare and where where, where is it just like i don't know constantly hmm. okay here we go like 38 to 41 38 to 41 38 yeah it's like i don't know especially right at 38 i guess a little before 38 even too it's like that i guess it's, it's kind of a snare sound right but it's like it's like almost staticky I- so I'll tell you what, there, so I'll, let me explain a little bit about what's going on in there. And maybe this is, um, mm-hmm. the bass sound is being, um, it's being like filtered in like a rhythmic fashion. So it's like, you know, like, it, like that, that bass sound is actually just like, a, like, and you could hear it sometimes cause I like, I stopped the filtering in certain places. Um, and you could hear it's just like, it's a long tone. Um, but it's being filtered rhythmically to give kind of a beat. And I've layered that with um, noise that like comes up during it. Um, and that that noise is the sound of like jangling keys. I don't know if that's what you're hearing alongside like the snare that's like blowing out your headphones. Um, but I'm I'm wondering if that might be part of it because there's, maybe there's just too much shit in that frequency range. And it's it's interfering with each other and, and getting a little bit too. Yeah, that, that one's definitely a little more messy. It's messy, yeah. I, I like the sound of it, but it was it was me playing around with a lot of different tool like toys at once instead of kind of being focused. Mm-hmm. So then favorite record is just like a chill hop. <laughs> it's you know, fucking lo-fi beats. Um I I downloaded a um like a free uh like um what the fuck is it called? Like uh orchestra plugin. And like one of the things it had is those like fast um like like string stabs. Like tink, tink. really, really liked that, and so I wanted to do something with that, and that was that was this string stabs. Yeah, like the. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know what to call that. String stabs. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know either. What? Yep, that's some lo-fi, all right. <laughs> Those lo-fi beats to to, yeah. to hip hop. I could too. definitely. You could definitely. Uh, you should try and uh get that on there. Maybe I could. I'm, I'm sure. You I don't could. know how. I don't know how one gets on there. You probably have to message them and be like, yo, can you can I play my song on your radio? And you'd be like, yeah, as long as you don't like make me pay you. And you'll be like, OK, sure. Yeah, I guess I won't make you pay me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, OK, yes. A perfect machine. Yes. So this is the new this is the, the newest black. Oh, God. Track. Yeah. OK. Yeah, that really starts out immediately, huh? Yeah. This one I wanted to hit hard. <laughs> I mean, that is very that is very machiney. And certainly taking a lot of cues from like Migwa in terms of like yeah, their yeah. 
I, I which you know, I, I definitely <laughs> I my, if... my ear for metal is not really very well developed. So you know, it's fine. Yeah, it just... I know what, what I know what I, I had you listen to that that you were not a tremendous fan of of Migwa, So I can imagine you were not a tremendous fan of this. Yeah, it just sounded like generic metal. Oof. I'm sorry. I'm I, I I tried it's my okay. best. No, it's to... it's a, you know it's legitimate. Like I, I honestly like for the album that I'm working on, I wanted something that was just like punchy and hard, most likely to start the album off. Just something that's just like you jump into it, it goes hard immediately and stays hard the whole time. Instead of some of the other stuff where it's like I've, it's a little bit more like yeah. I know. mean, I like the the arpeggio thing you do at like 135. That's cool. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm yeah. It's I just don't I just don't have an ear for like you know I, you know every metal band sounds the same to me anyway honestly like I don't you know I don't I listen to no metal right like ever yeah so and it's and just like yeah that metal. that sounds yeah. like metal to me that's I mean it doesn't sound bad it sounds good I'm not saying it's bad I'm just like no it's, yep, it's, it's, that's it's, what that it's is it's legitimate it's yeah. legitimate you know it's it's funny because like you know I mean we, I know we've talked about this but like you basically like in a lot of ways got me into some of these harder genres of metal yeah and then I was like then, I don't actually like any of them. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, I love all of this. I'm going to keep listening to this forever. Yeah. They're fine. Metal's fine. It's just like, I don't know. I, I have a really hard time differentiating when it's like I that say, intense. It's just like, I like making black metal a lot more than I like listening to a lot of the bands. <laughs> if I, think, I think that's probably true for a lot of black metal bands. You know, because I mean, honestly and truly, like, you know, I've I've played around with a lot of genres of music to try and like, you know, become an artist. Right. And black metal is the one that I feel like I have the most knack for. Like, I can play the guitars for black metal pretty well. I can play bass for black metal pretty well. I can I could do the metal like I could do the black metal screams. You know, I think you will agree. Yeah. So sure. <laughs> definitely. I mean, so you, I mean, you definitely are already an artist. And so like. I because I, I've tried doing death metal and I'm not talented enough <laughs> for death metal. I wish I was, you know, I, I don't want to make I don't want to make worse death metal just because I feel like making death metal. Whereas like black metal, I feel like I can make pretty good death metal, uh, pretty good black metal with my current skill set. And I'm pretty happy with the stuff that I put out. I, I, I don't I don't. I would not I would be very surprised if I wasn't making some stuff that's kind of generic because if I'm really like pushing the boundaries like oh man maybe I'm <laughs> maybe I should put more thought into this you know like yeah, maybe yeah. I'm, maybe I really have something but like you know the fact that I'm if I can make something that sounds like other black metal bands and you're not like oh that sounds amateurish as shit and you're like no no that sounds like somebody else's professionally produced black metal I'm like all right I'll take that I will take that all the way to the bank all right last one I'm really interested in what you think about this is lying in dreams Man, those last that that last like oh my god it's like auto played burning the dead for power immediately <laughs> i did the same thing to me it's oh my god he said <laughs> the last like three seconds of lying in dreams reminded me 100 percent of playing ftl by the way oh interesting. i don't know if that was intentional or not but you i've you, never played ftl so oh, no it was you, not well, intentional okay, but... well, you nailed what the the whole soundtrack to that song sounds like right at the end there interesting so what, what did you think it was good who did the lyrics there <laughs> okay, you did cool no no okay this is actually even more interesting than that so i fell down a rabbit hole um, ai generated sorry i'll stop guessing no you're right but let me get to it <laughs> so yes um okay so i you know i i listen to nowadays i listen to a several music production youtubers because i make music and i want to learn shit um and the best way to learn is fucking youtube so 
YouTube. There's this one guy, David Hillowitz, um, and he he often buys weird shit, um, you know, to make music with. Um, and he bought this thing, um, which was essentially like uh, it's like it's like a little like uh, you know what a stylophone is. Okay, it's basically like a little like thing and you take literally a stylus, hence stylophone, um, and you touch like metal contacts that look like a little keyboard and it, you know, it plays the notes. But this particular one, this particular one uh, is an anime girl. Okay, sure. (laughs) So, um, and it plays, you know, it, it does different like syllables and it like sings the different syllables and, you know, by doing this anyway so strange little instrument you know and but that wasn't the thing it was basically like i so there was that and it was just like he's like and then he's like but then i found out that there's this this thing i think yamaha made it um called vocaloid um which is a voice synthesizer for singing right like it's a singing synthesizer and you could basically plug in whatever um like whatever lyrics you want and whatever notes you want, and it will just sing them with like different AI generated voices. And I thought, well, that's really cool. And I looked it up and it's like $550. And I'm like, well, okay, so that's cool. I'm not going to buy that. Um, so then I was looking, you know, around and there's like a couple of other ones that are like, there's like M voice, which I tried out, which is okay. It's, 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 it's decent. Um, but the free version, not amazing. Um, and then the paid version is, is again, I think, kind of spendy um and then there's something called synthesizer v and i downloaded the free version of it um and i tried it out for a bit um but it doesn't um it doesn't integrate into like the rest of your software like you have to buy the pro version for that right so i looked up uh, and but like but the free version of it like i downloaded all of like the free voices for it and tried it out and wildly impressive right i was like already i was like oh this is like this is better than the 500 dollar one and this is like, this one is free, so this is pretty cool. But then I looked at it, like, it's like, I think it was like 80 bucks for the paid version of it. And bad. I was just like, okay, all right, Synthesizer V, you know, you've, you've, you've got my attention. So I, I, I just, I, I was like, yeah, fuck it. You know what? I'm going to get this. I'm going to play around with this. And holy shit, man, when I made that track, I was just like, that is remarkably good synthesized AI voice like there's a particular one because like some of them are not so great but there's a particular one called Solaria which is their new one that and this is you know we do this so often it's not an ad not endorsed it's just like this is a cool thing that you know I started playing around with but like this one it's like it's more tuned to like English vocals first of all because like some of the other voice banks are for specifically Japanese vocals so they sound Japanese when you put them you know put English lyrics through them um, but this one is specifically, you know, for English vocals and very much specifically for like, um, you know, these kind of like full range, like really like, you know, powerful like vocals. Um, and whole, and like, it, again, just, you know, it's this, that, that's actually just the free version of the voice. There is a paid version of the voice, but that's the whole nother can of worms. But like the, even the free version, I was just like, that's good enough. That's all I need. <laughs> so... Yeah, I was I was really stoked. I mean, there's there's processing on that, right? Like I I processed that the same way that I would process like a human female singer, you know, is I would I I went through the same kind of steps that I would normally use of like if I was going to like take somebody's vocal performance and then, you know, get it ready for a a, you know, like a track, I would follow those same steps and it comes out remarkably human sounding. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I mean, we're just meat flapping air, <laughs> so I don't see how a metal thing flapping air is any different ultimately. So, you know. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing is you could basically, not only can you, um, 
so you can set whatever notes you want. Obviously, like all of these singers have a range to some degree. Um, they can sing outside their range, but it will sound more robotic and weird. Um, but this is, you know, like if you put it within their range, it sounds better. Um, but you can pretty much type whatever you want and you can even go more granular than that and, you know, get into phonemes. So like, if you want somebody to pronounce something a specific way, you know, as they're singing it, you can do that and you can split, you know, the, the notes up between different phonemes. So you can like get what I had where I'm like, you know, she's like kind of climbing higher in the, you know, like the, the lyric, you know, she's like, lost. like that was off key, but you, you get the point, you know, it's like, it goes up. Right. Um, it's, it's crazy. It's fucking nuts. I just like, I went from thinking that we weren't there yet. Like that we didn't have like, you know, cause I knew that like, you know, you had AI voices, which, you know, they can, you can get them to say whatever you want, but they're kind of garbage, you know, like, and some of them are okay, but like, whatever to being like, it's like, so it's like, of course we don't have like, you know, good singing AI voices yet. I mean, that would be, that would be ridiculous. How could we possibly have that too? Not only learning that it, it exists, but there's multiple versions of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so. yeah, no, we've been there. We've been there for a while. Yeah. Well today, Welcome. well, not today, but at, there was a today when I learned that, and it was some about a, two weeks ago today's that I learned that. I mean, you, we were, pro- we're at the point where you could probably generate an AI video of of a woman saying things with that. Yeah, see, it's it's funny because like I I I knew we were we were pretty far down the road on like video stuff, but I didn't really realize how far we were down the road for singing specifically. Because I feel like singing is one of those ones where it's just like Did you never know about hard. Hatsune Mika, Hatsune Miku. No, I guess I don't. Maybe this is just a world that I'm not aware of. Yeah, let's see. Hatsune Miku uh, is a artificial singer, a vocaloid, I guess. Oh, uh, this is vocaloid. Okay, so I only found out about... 2007. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I only found out about her because of this whole oh, thing. Really? So that, oh, really? So that little, that little stylus, stylophone thing that I was talking about is is a, a, like a cheap toy version of her voice. Oh, okay. And Vocaloid is that that five hundred dollars software that I was talking about. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. Yeah. It's been around for a while. You need to watch okay. that thing I just posted in the Discord. By the way, <laughs> let me take a look. I have to put this in the. I'll have to put this in the yes, show. Yes. Do is... please do. This is not an advertisement, even though it literally is that. Okay. Hang on. Dominoes. <laughs> have you heard of Hatsune Miku? <laughs> Tsune Miku. <laughs> That's literally what it is like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, okay. You don't have to watch the whole thing, but it is. There's one particular <laughs> moment at like one one twenty here where he stands back to back with Miku. Okay, let me look at that. One twenty. Hang on. <laughs> the back to back photo is so good. <laughs> Very cool. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. We w- welcome. We've been in the future for a long time. Yeah, I, I apologize for not realizing that we were in the future. Yeah, it's... the future. The future had not reached me, David. I was yeah. not aware. So anyway, I mean, the I fact that you were able to so it. easily create, uh, you know, live human vocals essentially should tell you just how far we are. It's it's insane. Yeah. I'm I was completely blown away by how good it is. Mm-hmm. I'm just like I mean, I thought it, I honestly thought that maybe you'd gotten uh, like an actual person to sing well that that was what i would that was the reaction i was obviously hoping for yeah, was well, that you were like oh who did you get to get yeah, me did you get you, yeah who did i get i got fucking Miku. that's who i got yeah Miku. <laughs> i love the beginning of that where he's like like there was like, there was like a pause. the first time he says it <laughs> hatsune miku 
And he's just like, Hatsune Miku exists. As a, it's like, <laughs> it's like, yes, Hatsune Miku yeah. exists. Exists. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, honestly, like all of this, you know, this, this shit, what I really want to do is, is like, you, you know, the beginning to, um, fucking what's it called? Um, I'm going to be more, don't worry, I'll be more articulate in just two seconds. Um, the beginning of, um, uh, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, like the, the yeah. opening, mm-hmm. you know, that song. Yes, of course. Yes. I can hear it in my head very clearly. Yeah. It's like, I want to make, yeah, that I yeah. want to make shit like that. You know, and obviously, like, you need a female vocalist for that. And I was just like, so when I found this, I'm just like, oh, shit, maybe I can make stuff like that now. Because I don't know what genre of music that is, and I can't seem to find any more of it. So maybe I'll just have to fucking make some more of it myself. Mm-hmm. So look out for that. I, might right. be making, I would love to hear more of that stuff. I would love, to, I need to really dissect that and figure out how to make that properly, and I will get back to you. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, so... Shit, that was a lot of diverging on music, but most of us will get cut, which is fine because we were listening for a long time, yeah. so that's cool. But last, last, uh, last episode, we got we got all Cronenberged up. Um, so now I'm I'm even more Cronenberged. I'm filled You're super Cronenberg, filled with Cronenberginess. Um, we watched two Cronenberg movies. We watched uh, Videodrome and, and The Fly. Stephen, do you have a do you have a preference for which one we we start with? The fly first, maybe. All right, let's do fly first. That was actually I'm surprised by that order, but let's let's go with it. Fly first. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I won't be surprised, but I don't know. We'll see. But the, okay, fly first. So, all right. What do you think? The fly. Whoo. So, okay. First thing, I think this is the Cronenberg that I was expecting. <laughs> like, yes. Like. You know, I mentioned last time, and it's all very fresh in my mind because I think I literally just finished up the episode like yesterday but um you know like uh cronenberg as i said last time comes with a lot of cultural attachments especially with regards to body horror and so you know there was a certain expectation when i was watching a cronenberg film that like i'm gonna get real gross body horror and uh yeah (laughs) the fly delivers really gross Mm -hmm. body horror oh boy does it (laughs) especially especially at the end man oh god like with all like the fucking like all of like his fucking shit falling off of him and just like oh jesus christ like so okay profoundly gross movie just very very gross like i even, you know, I mean, you kind of, you kind of, I think you kind of softballed it a little bit, even in the beginning where you're like, oh, it's like a romantic comedy for like the first 45 minutes. It's like, ah. <laughs> I mean, they turn a chimpanzee inside out within the first like 15 to 20. So like, you know, maybe slow your roll there, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> whatever. They just turn a chimpanzee inside they're, out. They're, they're giving you a taste. But, you know, then you get a good, a good, like, 30 minutes or something before anything really super gross happens. I guess the first... And most, I mean, most of the super grossness really only happens in the last, like, 15 minutes, really. I mean, super grossness, yes. I mean, it's pretty gross 45 minutes in and beyond, you know? Like, I mean, sure. his appearance not- is progressively more horrifying, and it, it starts pretty gross, and it gets grosser with time. Like... 
anything with fingernails is always going to just like make my skin crawl. So when he's peeling off fingernails, I'm already just like, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, fingernails are no good. No bueno for me. Like you start peeling off fingernails. I'm already upset. You know, like you were, you know, last time you with like the, the special, like fingernails for me are the special, you know, they're just like, okay. Oh God. I can't partially maybe because I've had a fingernail experience the time that mm-hmm. I cut of the course. end of my thumb off. And uh, yeah. just for, for those in the audience, not uh, maybe this is exaggerating a little bit. I mean, it was, it was just the very tip of my thumb, but still watching the very tip of your thumb fall off and go down the drain, you know, fingernail and all, I, it's, you know, it's, it's gross. I'm just like, Oh God, I can, I have a very relatable experience towards it. <laughs> so yes. Yes. Gross, the teeth thing, gross, you know, his fucking, like, medicine cabinet full of body parts, gross, you know, it was gross, it was a gross movie, it was a profoundly yeah. gross movie. Um, What'd you think of uh, The Brundle? The Brundle. Yeah, Mr. Seth. Yes, he, you know. Goldblum. Goldblum, he's, he, he's great in this, obviously. Isn't he, though? He, it's one of his, I think it's one of his best roles. I, I It doesn't surprise me. Um, He's, he's very, like, he's very emotive, right? You know, it's just like. I, I, it's 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 hard to pull off the kind of like nervous desperation that he yes. gives off, um, and he's just like he's. I guess I'll say two things, right? Like because on the one hand, like his character is, I guess, like is childish a good word for it? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. He's kind I, of childish, so in a in a certain it. way, he's to, to some degree like his motives are a little bit annoying at times, but yeah, like, he's immature. For he's sure. immature, immature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so his, like, his motives for things are, he, I guess he acts very immaturely. And that was something I was kind of thinking about today of like, what, what is it about his character that kind of, I'm just like, "Eh," but like he portrays that character like expertly, you know? Oh yeah. Expertly. Like this is, this is, uh, this is certainly like a masterclass in like how to portray, you know, like a character in a believable way. Yeah. Without being him being annoying. Mm -hmm. Right. There's that like very... Because like he's supposed to be a little annoying. Yes. He, yeah. He's he's not. It, but it, it's but not. So many char- so many actors will go too far and actually become annoying. Yeah. Right. And there's like a subtle distinction there where you have to you have to actually not be annoying, right? Because then you're actually just annoying. Yeah. No. He's not Jared Leto. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he's not. He's there's not. There's a subtle like there is. There's a quiet desperation to his like energy. Mm-hmm. He's. It's like you can tell he's trying to like because he's simultaneously portraying like a feeling of like trying to cope with his surroundings, where at the same time being very, very scared of what is happening to him. And that comes across. So Jeff Goldblum, very good in this. Very good. And I mean, you know, like you also get very, you know, like I I think maybe maybe slightly less in this than than some of the other ones we've watched. But you still get I mean, Cronenberg is still doing an excellent directing job, obviously, in this, you know. Yes. I think maybe I, I might have end up having more to say on the Videodrome front. I think it, in some places, but um, but sure. still, still like, you know, he, he, he brings across the, the correct things in each scene. But yeah, it's like, I wonder, I, I do wonder, though, how much of this movie was lost because it's so well known. Like, there was no surprises in this movie for me. Like... I kind of had an idea of what it was going to do from pretty much start to finish, but that's because I kind of know what the fly is, you know, like it's, it's, it's one of those films that like has been talked about in the background for like the 
better part of my life that like I just kind of like know what the plot of like I knew what the plot of the fly was basically without ever watching the movie. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense to me. I I, I could believe that. So like you know when I saw the fly, I was like, oh okay, so this is the part where he gets spliced with the fly. You know, it's just like it's like this is when it's gonna ha- it's gonna happen now. You know, and like I, I do wonder what this because I this is a remake, right? It is. It is, yeah, of a 1958 movie, The Fly, um, with Vincent Price oh, yeah. and some others. So oh, I do wonder. Yeah. I do wonder again to what degree, like this movie again was like, oh, you know, this is just they're retelling this story, you know, like. So I, I, I do wonder what the experience was for audiences at the time versus me now out in 2022 basically 100% knowing exactly what was going to happen in this movie, you know? Like, at every turn? Like, how about, like, when he seems to be okay at first? You were like, oh, that's a dumb, that's not. Well, yeah, I mean, I knew, I knew, I know he's going to turn into, like, this horrible, like, I mean, I wasn't, I I guess I didn't realize that, like, how slow the progression was, but, like, you know, when he was okay at first, I was just like, oh, okay, so there's going to be, like, an upswing phase, and then it's going to just go down fucking hill. Okay, yeah. You know? Yeah, because I mean, I, I I knew where it ended, right? I mean, like I think I've seen like pictures of like you know yeah. the, the ending bit of the fly, you know. So I'm I was aware of like I knew I knew where we were going to begin. I knew where we were going to go. <laughs> Some of the in between bits, you know, I didn't know, and I think I also I think I also knew something about like the the pregnancy thing because I knew about the fly too, and that like like it's his son or whatever. Um, I know that's not. Oh, okay, I didn't. I've never even I don't even know there was a fly to. Well, it's not Cronenberg and ah. by and large people like some people. So it, it is it is a like it's like a beloved like cult classic for some people. But for most people, it's a schlocky piece of garbage. Um, so I might like that then. <laughs> yeah. So it's there is a fly to it's not Cronenberg, um, somebody else. And it, it follows like the sun. Um, but. Yeah, so I, you know, I knew some of these things going in, and so like for me, it just felt like kind of like instead of just like watching a movie and being like, oh wow, what's going to happen next? In the in the way that Videodrome was for me and Existence was for me, like this one was much more of a like I'm now filling in the blanks of a thing that I had already known about. It was like I had the picture and I'm coloring it in now. I'm like, oh, this is how this this whole thing goes, which is always a different experience. Yeah, sure, I I get that. I mean, obviously, you've watched the. Fl- I mean, like, how was it on a rewatch? Like, uh, I mean, I I do fi- I do find that the the beginning part a little slow. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, knowing what you're going to get to, yeah. <laughs> but you know, once once he starts doing the like, once he says Brundlefly, <laughs> right? Like that's when the movie really like goes. <laughs> I feel so. You know, and and I love the. I mean, the, the effects are so good, right? The effects are excellent. Yeah, I at mean, every part. You know, for a for a movie of its time, you know, it's right up there in terms of practical effects. You know, it's 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 certainly like you know because sometimes practical effects um, of that era, like they're 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 gross, but like they're also obviously prosthetic, and you're just kind of like, eh, okay, you know. Whereas this one, like, it's just like, jeez, man, like I know that like this is a guy in a suit, but oh boy, that's disgusting. <laughs> You know, like, it, yes, it, it, it's still it's still in this, you know, like nearly freaking 40 years later, it still achieves the thing. So very impressive in that regard. But yeah, you know, I, I think that like plot wise, like obviously, like it's an interesting vignette, 
right? You know, like it it goes through the steps, right? Like, you know, it's just like it's this descent into becoming this like, you know, disgusting creature. Um I don't really know what there is in the movie beyond that, you know? And which is interesting because like this is this is one of the more highly rated of the Cronenberg films, which I get from certainly an effects perspective and I get certainly from a, um, you know, like an acting perspective. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's a good movie. I think it's his, I think it's his most digestible. Yeah. I, you know, movie I think to, to some degree, I haven't seen all of his movies. So, you know, I'm sure there may be something out there that maybe is more straightforward, but you're right. This is like a, that's why I described the first part as romantic comedy. Right. Cause it like, it really does feel like almost there's another director kind of like just being like, no, 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 no. I know you want to do this shot, but like, let's do a more bland. Mm-hmm. Like, just do a straight shot here. Yeah, he, he's people. not he's not on full display on this one until the latter half. Yeah, yeah. No, then, I mean, like, then it really goes. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it really goes. You know, it, it it's so it was yeah. Like 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 I said, it's it's a good movie, but I don't I don't feel like it really like I don't know that it's gonna stick with me as much as as other ones because it just doesn't have it doesn't have any kind of like like staying power in my mind like there's no there's no unanswered questions here for me you know it's just like other than like why didn't he try to use the machine to unsplice him from the fly you know like i guess he sort of did but it's just like you know you racked up the dna for you you racked up the dna for the fly just tell the computer uh, undo please you know <laughs> like but that's that's a that's, yeah but he can't I know. Yeah. I mean, that's just a silly, it, that, you know, that, that, it's more me being sarcastic than anything else. But like, you know, I, I didn't leave the movie with any like, you know, lingering feelings or unanswered questions. It was just kind of like, yep, all right. That's pretty much how that would go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's a full film. It's a full film. It's 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 yeah. tragic and it's horrifying. But I I don't know that it has the same staying power as like, for instance, like Existence, you know, like has raised more interesting questions or at least brought more to my mind than than this one does yeah but it was yeah here yeah i'm just i'm reading about it the film was a commercial the biggest of cronenberg's career like this is the most successful yeah because it's the most like and people didn't know like at you were saying earlier mm-hmm. yeah i mean i how, I, how many people watch the original maybe some you know but like it's not like it's not like it is today you know it's like if you didn't watch the movie at the time you know i mean it was I guess, I guess, I mean, yeah, obviously, like, you know. That transformation scene. Oh, God. Would be ridiculous if you'd never, and this is, you know, 1986, so. Yeah. No, I mean, like, honestly, in the transformation scene, I was, I was genuinely shocked by, like, how well that holds up. And, like, God, just how disgusting it is, you know? Just, like, the chunks of flesh falling off, like. And then, and then, you know, the fucking, you know, him being fused with the, uh, the telepod at the end. It's just like. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And then, like, having her kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. I, now, I will say that scene, just because of my own, you know, cultural baggage of, you know, like, because I, you know, I, as, 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 as you know, <laughs> because of, like, the last however long you know been watching a lot of anime and obviously like the first thing that fucking brought to mind because any scene like that always does is you know full metal alchemist the chimera scene oh oh god no i I tried my best to not remember that that scene exists i 
can't not remember that scene. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually just go ahead and not think about it still. Yeah, because I mean, like every time I see a scene like that of like you know like some kind of brutal like you know two things being mashed together that aren't supposed to be mashed together and like to kill me like it's like that's that's where my mind goes every single time and it's just like oof. So hit extra hard because of that. Yes. So Yeah. I mean, it's already pretty hard hitting. Oh yeah. It's, it's horrifying and disgusting. So, but yeah, so I liked it. I, I understand why it's the most highly rated and I understand what you're saying about it being like the most digestible. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have surprisingly less to say about it. I was actually going to wonder if you were going to crucify me for that a little bit, but it sounds like we're some degree on the same. No, no. I wanted, I wanted to talk about this first because I figured it'd be way easier to talk about this movie. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's a special effects movie. It's like, a special I mean, effects like, movie. Like, you know, Jeff Goldblum gives it an amazing performance. And I do like the middle part where he, like, has superpowers, essentially. That's yes. fun. It's yes. a it's a fun movie that becomes very unfun at the end. Yeah, it's it certainly takes but a, a good kind. It yeah. certainly takes a dive, yes, like, in, in terms of, like, goes from ha-ha-ha-ha to oh, oh. god. Yeah, and like, then he like emerges from the machine like half machine and it's just like and it's just like Aah. I was thinking about it today. I was like, this is like this is like if Spider-Man kept becoming more spider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that comic exists, by the way. Oh, I, I I how could it not? You know? Yeah, exactly. That's it's a good one. I actually like that one. So it's basically Spider-Man meets the fly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pretty much exactly that. I mean, you have to, right? I mean, like, I feel like once this movie came out, you kind of have to make that comic. Like, if you didn't make that comic, like, how yeah, could you, you do it? Yeah, what are you doing? It's just like, that's it's the... It's Spider-Man. Because it's like, I mean, him being so, like, like that just reminds me so much of, like, the beginning of, like, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, you know? Where it's just like, he's all of a sudden, he's just like, oh my god, I'm so strong now, you know? It's just like, it's like, yeah, hey, exactly. yeah, yeah, but three seeds later, you turn into a spider. It's like, come on, let's, let's get to the yeah. rest of it, you know? Yeah, and, and uh, if I'm... I looked at the original film... Uh, Apparently that happens. There is like a literal, there's also a spider. Oh, is it? <laughs> there's literally a Spider-Man, I think, in the original film. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I kind of just... Even more on point. I just kind of skimmed through the... Uh, the yes, as did I. I might be wrong about that, but I, I saw stuff about a spider. So I, I saw something about a spider web, and so I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. You know, I'm not... <laughs> it seems like the final thing they kill is a spider. Yeah, I, I got that impression as well, that it has something to do with a spider. So I don't know if it's just because like he gets caught in like a spider web or something, but... Anyway. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It seems like that's what we were. Yeah. So, yeah. I liked it. I wasn't, like, as enthused about it. Like, I don't know, like, as as, as maybe I was about existential. Well, yeah. No, I get it. I mean, yeah. if you know the plot to the movie. Yes. <laughs> you know. I also, I mean, I, it does. It, that's definitely not a movie you want to rewatch. I don't no, think. no. I, I had enough out of yeah. the first one. I don't film. think it benefited at all. Yeah. Now, Videodrome. <laughs> yes. For sure. <laughs> oh, boy. I... So you mentioned last time that Videodrome, because I, I think to some degree Existens was kind of like a sequel slash remake slash spiritual successor to you just, Videodrome. It's just, it's just Videodrome with video games. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I and I to actually, a degree. I mean, I don't want to you know oversell I, it or undersell it. Here. I also do want to point out, um, and you know, I'll jump right into this just because like I noticed this, and I, I do wonder if you you found this as well. But like, it does seem like they're they're at least superficially supposed to be connected or at least implied to be connected because you get that line, you know, death to Videodrome and you of course get, you know, like the death to Allegra Geller, death to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, you know, it could just be Cronenberg repeating himself, which fine. Right. 
Uh, but to some degree, it felt like this. Like there, it had to have been intentional to some degree that like the the resistance organization in Videodrome must have been related to the resistance organization in in Existence. I don't know. Uh, if- I, I I I mean that's possible. I guess. It's certainly, there's certainly, I would say Existence is just sort of like the weaker retelling of Videodrome. I don't know. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And also, so, I mean, my headcanon aside, and also my headcanon is, is shared with many. Apparently a lot of people yeah. make that same connection, which I mean, you know, it's not like a, yeah. a, it's not a brilliant connection or anything. It's pretty obvious like that. Yeah, well, I know, also think people part of it is that. just David Cronenberg, like kind of does make the same movie over and over. Like he, he, he's David Cronenberg for a reason, right? Like. His name evokes certain things because he tends to make those kinds of movies for the most part. Mm-hmm. But to get back to your point, I do think you're right that Videodrome, I think the criticism that Videodrome is levying on television and media comes across as more coherent or at least more correct, you know, seeing it now in, in the rearview mirror than Existence did. Because the the thing that Existence was picking at, I feel like, was this idea that as we get closer and closer to, like, full immersion in video games, that like, we're going to blur the lines between reality and reality and fiction. And, I mean, maybe we will in 40 years, right? We're not there yet. Yeah. So it doesn't, like, the things that it was picking at and warning about, you know, or warn, I don't even know if warning, but, like, at least exploring aren't happening and haven't happened yet. But I do feel like the stuff that he's getting at in Videodrome is pretty poignant in in the current day. Like, I was watching that. I was just like, you know what? He kind of nailed it with Videodrome, I feel like. I feel like there is... I, I think that, like, what he's... Tr- at least what I interpret as what mm. he's trying to get at... Um, and maybe I'm interpreting it just because I'm, I'm, we're here in 2022 and things are different than they were in 1980-whatever. Um... I feel like he he latched on to something and it, it, it did, in, in this case, go the way he was expecting. So Interesting perspective on it, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't get that necessarily, but so now that it, you've said that, I, I definitely see coming from. If you'll permit me, if you'll permit sure. me to go a little bit high school English teacher on this movie for a bit. Like, the, the theme, especially towards the end of the movie— that I was really, it just, it, there was something scratching in my brain on that, is it feels like there's some degree of basically him saying, and I mean, to some degree this was actually said in the movie, so it's almost not, I mean, it's it's not an interpretation so much as it's like, I'm, I'm reading a quote in a, sp- in a specific way, but, you know, the one the one guy, I can't remember his name, but like the, the fucking, the eyeglass salesman guy um, who runs Videodrome. Like, he was saying something about, you know, that, you know, using using the Videodrome signal to control people. And, you know, it works better, you know, when you kind of, like, portray it, you know, with violence or whatever it is. Like, that was, that was like, the more direct quote. But, like, I, I almost kind of, like, in my mind, where my mind went with that was it, it hurt it a little bit more as, like, if you give people the thing that they're secretly looking for, you know, the thing that they actually want to see, but like are afraid to tell people that they want to see, you know, and you provide that thing, it makes them more receptive to like, like being like, uh, suggested to, you know, and, and led a certain way. 
And, you know, I won't be specific, but like, I feel like we've seen that kind of bear itself out in a lot of things that have happened in the last like five years or so. It's not like it's a new phenomenon, right? No. Oh, certainly not. Propaganda has existed forever. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't, I don't yeah, want, but... yeah, so I don't want to pretend that like this was some kind yeah. of in, insane, crazy new thought. But I think that I don't think that I don't think that that has existed. And maybe I'm wrong on this, but I, I don't feel like that's existed to the degree that it exists today. Like, I feel like because of just the way that we consume media now, like it's it's easier because people are more plugged in. Like, yeah. you know, well, it's it's one of the many works. I mean, you know, uh, this is also the theme of, like, Serial Experiments Lane, right? Just, like, the entertainment and, like, you know, the internet and television film, right? It's just, like, another layer of reality, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Yes, which, yes, which yes, is, yes, you know, true. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's a, that's a thing, though. It's like, so, uh, I, I that, that was actually another another bit about it, is the idea that, you know, the the media world, like, the world that, like, is being created through through television and through, specifically television in this case, um, to some degree this is also the, the case with, like, the internet and stuff like that, like, in Serial Experience Lane, but that, I think that point of, like, and eventually the TV reality and the internet reality becomes the reality for, for people, and yeah. I think that's something that, I think that is... An idea that even though it's it's existed and has been in culture is is something that was not true in the 80s and has eh, become I mean, well okay you, you know it's it's like the form is new but the function is the same you know what i mean it's like we've always told it's i hate i, I hate to like regurgitate quotes <laughs> but like you know we are the stories we tell ourselves right just like we humans have always lied to themselves about what's actually happening around them mm. and then like pretended like that was reality instead. Uh-huh. And like, we certainly have a better, we have a greater degree of being able to do that now. Right. That, I would definitely agree with that. Okay. I mean, you know, the opiate of the masses and that, you know, Videodrome is the new, you know, opiate. Right. Mm. But although at this point we're way past Videodrome we're we're at, you know, internet. Well, that, and that's the thing, right? You know, I mean, like, this is specifically yeah. talking about television. I mean, to some degree, television plays a big part into it, even today. You know, television is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Not, not. But, I mean, television's on the internet now. <laughs> yes, television right? is on the internet. Television is on the internet. <laughs> but, like, I, I feel like today we do have some degree of, like, it's easier to mm-hmm. to find a reality that fits your own preconceptions Yes. No, I think I've talked myself around to agreeing with you. Okay. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I, and that's I, and that's something that I, I think that, like, I don't know if he was specifically getting at that, but, like, there's hints of that in there. And if I really high school English teacher it, like, I feel like I can, I can craft a, I can craft a yeah. view where it's just but like, you, that's. <laughs> you are high school English teachering it, though. I am. I am. Cause, yes. Because what Cronenberg actually cares about was, like, the TV kissing scene. The TV kissing scene. Yeah. You know, when he, like. Kisses the TV. Oh, right? okay. Yeah, like kisses yeah, yeah, him yeah. back, that one. Yeah. 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 Like, that, that's getting much more know. into like existence and like the blurring of the lines between reality and fiction. Cronenberg cares more about the themes of like sex and violence affecting our like psyche and like the way we integrate technology into that. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, I think he cares more about one half of that equation. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Maybe that's, it's like, cause I'm saying this cause I watched his last, his most, his most recent film, uh, mm-hmm. Crimes of the Future which is like a weird combo of Videodrome and existence, right? Like it's very much like quintessentially him. Mm -hmm. And it's like, 
it mostly deals with like a renegade surgeon who like performs like you know black market surgeries on himself to give himself like new like to take out new organs that he's grown because he's a mutant okay and it's like a performance art thing okay and it's just i don't know he it, it seems like his his concern is more with like the transformation of like the physical form in some ways too yeah i don't you know, know i don't know how much i don't know how much is, is intentional mm. <laughs> here so i guess what i'll say is like i feel like this I agree with you. Like, I, I think that if I'm reading Cronenberg and, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm three movies in, right? I'm, I'm far from an expert. But from what I've seen from Existence and Videodrome, I can certainly see a common thread there. Um, and it sounds like yeah. what you're saying is that that thread continues. So I'll, I'll make an yeah. extrapolation here. Is I feel like this is a bit of like a Ray Bradbury situation where, like, you know, I mean, Fahrenheit 451. Everybody reads that as a as a uh an indictment of censorship and ray bradbury's like no yeah, exactly yes no that book is about the tv is bad and yeah. it's just like and then people are like no ray bradbury it's not it's like i know you wrote the book and you know what it's about but you're an idiot get out of here it's about censorship just shut up ray bradbury go away and like so i feel like i know that i'm absolutely doing that here because if i take existence and videodrome together i feel like it is way more an indictment of technology than it is talking about like yes. technology's role in in manipulating people like manipulating people I guess that's the end of the sentence manipulating people but that's okay because I think that's a way more interesting thing than an indictment of like technological innovation like eh that's, I don't really care about that like sh- shut up David Cronenberg I'm t- let me tell you what your movie's about <laughs> yeah I, I just yeah it's hard to tell because he he um I'm, I'm reading now about some of the like his own quotes on the movie. Mm-hmm. Like apparently there was a bunch of different endings, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, apparently the ending that like where James Wood shoots himself was actually James Wood's idea. Interesting. Apparently they were going to originally like, everyone's going to show back up on the set of Videodrome and then they oh. all like, they all have sex. It sounds like, <laughs> but it's like, you know, dark gritty. So that's what I mean. Like, like yeah. Cronenberg is way more interested in like the, like, you know, he saw something as a kid. I mean, he literally says that here. Just like, Cronenberg used to pick up American television studios from Buffalo late at night after Canadian stations had gone off the air, and he worried he might see something disturbing, not meant for public consumption. <laughs> as Cronenberg explained, I've always been interested in dark things and other people's facts. It's like, he, he's really about the porn part. Yeah. I think, I think, he's, a, he, I think he's a little dirtier. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like, I mean, that obviously, like, that's the, that is the surface level theme of this, right? Yeah. You know? And I think that is the theme he was most interested in. Well, you know. Despite I, how awesome, I mean, like, you know, not to, the unintentional, if it was that, is still really good here. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I say high school English teacher, I'm being pretty serious because I feel like a lot of the times when people are like, you know, <laughs> oh, this is the theme of this book. It's just like. No, no, it's no, it's not. I mean, it's cool that like you can interpret the book in that way, but it's like it's it isn't. Come on, like it's not. Nobody thinks that. You know, these th- not every single page of the book yeah. is a metaphor for. It's like nobody, nobody, almost nobody writes like that. And if they do, God, it would be exhausting to write a book like that. You know, it's yeah, like exactly. Most people just write shit, and like you know. The surface is the surface. The surface is the surface. Like what you see is what you get. And so I I 100% think that what I see is what I get with this movie. But I mean, you know, I think what it what sometimes it is right. You know, it's just like, you know, I'm looking through this through the lens of, you know, 20 years down the road and no 40 years down the road. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, if you're talking about, you know, people treating, you know, the internet and television as real, more real than, you know, reality. Mm-hmm. This might be a Hatsune Miku situation here. <laughs> I think we're well, we're well there. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, people care more about, oh God, I hate, once again, I hate to like throw out like casual indictments of society that are unjustified but people care more about twitter than their next door neighbor right just like see yeah. okay that's what i feel like he's getting at with yeah this. that is what he's getting at that's yeah, what exactly. he's getting at which is like yeah. is is like i mean to it's, some degree it's not it's not necessarily not true but like, no it's, I don't, n- it's nostalgia for a day that never existed it's, it's like i don't it's a lie you know it's a lie it's, yeah it's like i don't i don't i i i very rarely will side with the Luddite position on anything. So it's mm-hmm. just like, eh, don't care. I much, I much, I, I much prefer my interpretation of it. And, but that's the thing is, is like, but the mark of a good. Wait, does that, that mean you're not a Luddite then? I'm certainly not a Luddite. <laughs> I don't think that, that should come as a surprise to anyone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. I mean, are you a Luddite? No. I mean, I don't know. Kind of a little bit. I mean, cell phones have gotten too, has gone too far. That just sounds like you're being an old man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, like, is there I, a I difference? Think that, I, I think that the like, like I, I always appreciate the progress of technology. Sometimes I'm just kind of like, eh, I can't be bothered. But like, you know, the pre- the, pack, the 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 fact that the technology is progressing doesn't make me like, you know, I mean, I'm an introvert. You know, like the fact that like we're getting further away from social interaction. You know, yeah, is great for me. I'm just like cool. The less I have, it's like the more, the more, uh, the more fucking you know, like you scan grocery store things that I see, the better. I, yeah, you know? oh, those are great. Yeah. yeah, so it's just like I mean, you can't be a luddite, and those the two things are incongruous. You know, <laughs> like you can't like both of those things. So for me, I'm just like yes, more technology and less interaction. Like the the whole you know. Over 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 the course of, of COVID, I became much more uh mu- much more enamored with like DoorDash I guess and I'm, shit. I guess I'm just trying to prepare myself for the day when like I have to buy my groceries from a person again because we can't run the self checkouts because we don't have the power to do so. <laughs> if there are even groceries to buy from somebody, you know what I mean? Uh, okay, Mister Apocalypse uh-huh. Prepper. Well, I know, Apocalypse is a very harsh word. <laughs> what might be like. You know, food scarcity and power scarcity in the coming decades mm-hmm. that we have to deal with, right? It's like we're not all gonna die. Like we're not gonna go Mad Max, but like you not be able, you might not be able to get like stuff shipped from China as easily. You know, thirty years from now, or know. or maybe we'll we fine. You know, who knows? Literally, yeah. but it it kind of seems like it's gonna be the worst one. <laughs> you know what? All I will say is this. So. It, not to get off on the weeds, and I, I don't even know if we're oh, well, oh no, we it's fine. We're, we can get off on the weeds. We're off of the weeds, but um, you know, I feel like you know, I, I I'm always reminded of the um the re- it was like I can't remember what it was. It was like the report on like manure accumulation in like you know I think it was like pre-industrial Britain or maybe like around the industrial revolution Britain. You know, where they're like, you know, if this keeps going on in the next, you know, however many years, like, you know, we're going to literally have like, you know, shit up to like the top story, you know, or something like that, you know, and it was like this whole thing. And it's just like, and then, you know, obviously that didn't occur because cars got invented. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, that comes with this whole. Oh, no. Yeah, definitely. No, humanity has. There's always there's always basically like there's always humanity. Humanity has always successfully rocket jumped. Yes. To a to higher place. Yes. 
Yes. We've always, My we've God. always somehow managed to be, you know, at, at the very, like, the minute we, we run out of fucking rockets, rocket is the, is the correct thing. Rocket is the correct metaphor because it's like, you know, it we, is there, always there's like, no ground. Yeah. It's like at the very last second, we're always just like, oh shit, we should probably fix this and then do. But it's just like, yeah. it always feels like we're narrowly escaping. Yeah, no, it's humanity has been rocket jumping for a long time. And like, we're really high in the air now. And my God, we need to keep making rockets. Yes, yes. So, but maybe we won't. That being said, back to the movie for a moment. From a practical, uh, like from, from like like an actual movie perspective. So, I mean, obviously, like this one, I feel like you know when you were talking about like the surface level of of this, I, I feel like this one is is definitely a bit of a sledgehammer. The, the thing that really like stuck out to me is like two things. First of all. Like, he literally puts the gun inside of him. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, yeah. that's that's about his... Sex is violence, and violence like, is sex. It's like, that's about as big of a hammer as you could swing yeah. in terms of, like, hey, the metaphor is he's putting the gun inside of himself. And then when he takes it out, it fuses to his hand, and his hand becomes the gun. Do you guys get it yet? This is about violence. It's like, okay, cool, I get it. You know, I like it. I like it for how heavy handed it is because it's like, I think it's hard. I think it's hard to do heavy handed like that and still have it be interesting and have it not come across as preachy because it it doesn't. It doesn't come across. Yeah, no. Like, it's still a fun, interest. fun is maybe the wrong word. It's still an interesting movie without coming across as like, even though the metaphors are absolutely, he's literally whipping a flesh TV. Like, I mean, you know, it's. It's it's not subtle, <laughs> but it's very good. It's very good. Cronenberg is not subtle at all. No, no, he's not, and this is not subtle. But it it works, you know. It's and it, 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 there's there is certainly artistry in something. Oh God, yeah, no, of course, yeah. being not subtle and still being watchable. Because I've watched plenty of things that were not subtle and they were not watchable anymore. <laughs> and it keeps you guessing. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. There's a lot of twists. I, like, I mean, I, I didn't, there's a lot of things in this that I didn't necessarily see coming, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it, yeah, I mean, like in like the constant like hallucinations, you know, yeah, you never like, know what's really real. You never know what's really real. Um, I did really, yeah. I, I mean, I, this movie is a mindfuck and it's a very good, I like mindfucky movies. Like those are the ones, like those are the ones that stick with me. You know, I liked, I like Existence for that. This is much more mindfucky, I think. Than Existence because Existence oh, yeah. I feel like is is clearer whereas this one is like there's it's at, at any point in time it's just like you know it's like you know he pulls out the gun to shoot you know like his his partners and I'm like is he really doing this like yeah, and then they're yeah. dead and it's like oh he is really doing this this is really yeah. happening oh. oh but then like you know the body shows up in his bed right and then it's gone yes oh yeah what, what is happening yeah it's no it's it, it, I, I was very I, it was very easy to be engaged throughout this movie. And Ed Wood, it's like the only thing I know Ed Wood from. Oh, James yeah, me Wood. too. I'm sorry. James Woods, yeah, James Woods. I, James. That and Family Guy. <laughs> well, that's the part. Yeah, the first thing I know from is the Family Guy, a piece of candy. Yeah, ooh, as terrible candy. as that is. Ooh, piece, that's the ooh, only piece thing of candy. I know, but, ooh, I know piece of candy. Like, ooh, piece, piece of candy. candy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's like an award-winning, like super talented, famous actor. And it's just like, ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> we're, such, we're such troglodytes. I mean, that's, you know. <laughs> It's nothing wrong with that. I yeah, like being it's, a troglodyte. It's fun sometimes. <laughs> Ooh, piece uh, of candy. I, I do have I do have a complaint, and it's about both this movie and The Fly. Um, sure. So the soundtrack, man, God, I found that intrusive. 
Like, it's so... <sighs> okay, so here's the comparison that I have to make, because I, I feel like their their styles are very similar um, from a filmmaking perspective. Um, but so Cronenberg and Carpenter, right? You know, both, I think, especially during this era, like itching at the same kind of like gross practical effects stuff, right? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, The Thing, Mouth of Madness are very much in the same vein as yeah. a lot of Cronenberg stuff. They're gross. They're not, it's not the same themes, but they're similar themes and a lot of similar gross practical effects. But Carpenter, I, I, I mean, I think you might be aware is like he did a lot of his own music for his stuff. Yeah. And, you know, became a little bit of like an icon for like 80s music. I mean, like, you know, like the oh, intro yeah. the yeah. intro to Stranger Things is very much based yeah. on like Carpenter's. Escape from New York, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and like, you know, it's like his, his style is very iconic of the 80s, you know, and it's just like his... His scores of his own movies, like, became very iconic of, like, 80s horror. Um, And I, like, I was watching, like, this movie, and I was was frequently taken out of the movie by these, like, weird, like, meandering kind of, like, uh, like, orchestrated parts, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, well, who's this fucking guy? David Shore. David Shore. Did fucking Lord of the Rings. Which is one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Like, David Shore, what the fuck were you doing? Like, well, do you movies? want to know what he did? What did he do? He he composed the entire thing for orchestra. Uh-huh. But then he programmed it into a synthesizer. Okay. So that's why you're getting that weird, like, it sounds wrong. But it's not even that. It's just like the, the score is just like, you, you remember when we were talking about um, Lawrence of Arabia? Yeah, yeah. And there was that one scene. It's like the scene where he like goes up over the, the dune or whatever. And it has like the dumbest like score next to it. It's like this really weird thing where it's just like, do, 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 do. It's like something like that. It's like, it's, it's just sure. like this okay. weird, like meandering, like it's like a lot of chromaticism, I guess. Maybe it's just like, it just like nothing sounds like it blends together. And it just like, I was just like, wow, this sucks. Like, I don't know what's what, I don't know what emotion I'm supposed to be feeling here. You know, like I just feel like, the only emotion that I feel is distraction from the movie that I'm watching, which a score should never do. A score should only add, never distract. And I feel like there was multiple points where it's like he's using a lot of just like boop 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 boop. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> what are you? What what are you trying to convey here? Like, it doesn't because it doesn't convey eeriness to me. It doesn't mm-hmm. convey creepiness. It just conveys being really distracting. And maybe this is just because I have like a music background. A I think it's bit. I think it's very much that because I I honestly could not tell you a single thing about any of the music in Videodrome okay. or the Fly for that matter. Yeah, Fly did it too. Less so. Like at first, like like the intro to the Fly, I was like, oh okay, this is good. But like I just like it's just I cannot believe that they hired him to do Lord of the Rings. I I don't know how they picked him because it's like before then he'd never done anything like Lord of the Rings from what I understand he'd only done stuff like like horror movies you know like that was what he was known for and they fucking hired him to do Lord I mean thank god because that god that soundtrack rocks like I mean, god. I mean he did he did Silence of the Lambs he did do Silence of the Lambs he did but Silence like you know because like I mean you know seven he, he he you know he's responsible for Into the West which is quite possibly one of the best pieces of like music scoring ever yeah, I it's, also don't think I don't think you're alone Apparently, many people were surprised that they picked him. I was reading the same thing. It's just like, yeah. they're like, why David Jones? So, you know, 
just very weird to me because I, I, I mean, I, I, guess I, I think I'll, I could hazard a guess, right? Go for and it. It was cheap. <laughs> but was like, cheap. Was Lord, I mean, Lord of the Rings wasn't cheap. I mean, like, why would they, like, why would they go with like, like I, I would expect them to go with like John Williams, you know, like. They That's cut the a lot of corners in Lord of the Rings. I mean, did you ever watch the? Um, maybe, okay, maybe I'm not as familiar. Maybe yeah, I did. Don't you ever actually. watch the like documentary on like all the actors that all the New Zealand actors they got like hired to play parts and like they, no 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 I did screwed all those people over out of a lot of money. Oh, right? okay. Like, There's a bigger story here that I'm not. Yeah, aware yeah. Of like that. they cut corners on they they saved some damn money on that movie. That's which is incredible because it's such a good like looking. Well, I mean, and, it was a huge risk though, right? Remember, especially the first one is like. No, you're right. I mean, yeah, they fantasy. Know, yeah, like, fantasy was not worked. Yeah. yeah, it they opened the door that. for that. Yeah, it, they they did do that. They they opened the door for things like you know Game of Thrones and you know like all I mean all the shit we were talking about earlier with the fucking hot D. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's amazing. But like, I could see them. Be, I mean, because Peter Jackson, right? Peter Jackson. Like Peter Peter Jackson is like a weird schlocky horror director. Why are you hiring him to direct Lord of the Rings? I mean, you know, I guess, I guess on point, right? Because weird schlocky horror director with weird schlocky, you know, uh, like, horror composer. And they were just like, yeah, put them together. Sure, I'm whatever. Sure yeah, I'm sure these guys will work. These David Cronenberg likes them, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, I found the score very distracting and it annoyed the crap out of me. Okay, like, that's interesting. I mean, I, I, I can't say I did, but the score is very highly rated, it seems. People seem to enjoy it, but. I, I can you know, see. I mean, it, being in a movie is different from it being good, though. You know, if it if it distracts. That's the thing. It's just like, and, and I can understand where some people would just not care or be like, "Oh, it's good," but like for me, I don't know. I don't like that. I I find that like, I guess I just prefer Carpenter style, and yeah. like you know, it just it just it just sounds wrong in the like I I like I could imagine that movie scored by John Carpenter and just like it, the movie would ultimately yeah like to me it would be better because it would have a Carpenter score with it so you know there we go personal preference no accounting for taste but I didn't like it it annoyed me I really did, did you was like annoyed. was the orchestral stuff better for you or the electronic stuff I, I just like I don't like his it, it's it's it has nothing it's to just do all with, of it okay it, it's 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 his choice of like notes like it's literally is his choice of melodies yeah, okay yeah. in that case like i don't it's not it's it's not necessarily that like carpenter uses synths a lot you know and that even if it was synthesized orchestral it sounds orchestral you know like it sounds like it sounds like an orchestra playing a bunch of random notes which does yeah. nothing for me i'm just like like you can do that a little bit and like in certain situations that can work but like i this is this is i'm gonna rant about movie scores just for a tiny bit more than sure. i've already ranted about yeah. movie scores but like if you a, a movie score should either do one of two things either it should be like unintrusive background music that like it doesn't draw attention to itself it just like is you know it's just like it's just something to fill the space when you don't want it to just be quiet you know, which is fine. You know, like, and some movie scores are very much like that, where it's just like it's just filling the background. You know, it's 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 filling out the rest of the frequency space so that like you're not just hearing background noise. That's one thing. Or it should tell you what you're supposed to be feeling. You know, which is like a very you know John Williams like style of. And I like John Williams a lot, but like you know, it's like you, know, yes. you think of like Star Wars, right? It's just like you know. Luke Skywalker walks up, you know, and sees the two sons and like imagine the score and you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be feeling like 
it's like, you know, you know the emotions you're supposed to be feeling in that moment. It's not subtle. It's very much communicating. Here's what this character is thinking without them talking. I feel like this score does neither of those things. It does not tell me what I'm supposed to be feeling in that moment. And it is very upfront and distracting. It's like, hi, I'm the movie score. I'm doing something right now. And it's just like, fuck off. Go away. I don't want to listen to you. Like, and here's the thing. Maybe that's intentional. And maybe there's just something that I'm, I'm missing. And again, you know, as you said, we're troglodytes, blah, blah, blah. But like, I just, I don't get it. I don't, like, I don't get, if Carpenter, like, you know, Carpenter, if Cronenberg, like, listened to that, he was just like, oh, that's what I was looking for. Great. Then I, maybe me and Cronenberg have a different perception of what. Yeah, I think, I think you do, because that, <laughs> that is what he wanted. It I, is what I'd he hope. wanted. He put it in the movie, so, like, <laughs> or maybe he was just like, well, eh. but, I mean, he hired him again, you know, he hired him for video drum, he hired him for the fly, so it's like, you know, he, he clearly likes the guy and likes what he does with his with his works, but I just, it, it didn't resonate with me. Enough to, like, take me out of the movie and annoy me, which is never something that I want the score Yeah, that's to not what you want, yeah. Yeah, so. That's unfortunate. Anyway, this is the long Jason ranting about the score, but, yes. But otherwise, Videodrome, man, whew, that one's going to stick with me. That one has that one has more implications and things that I think are interesting, and I really, I really enjoyed it. Again, not as Cronenberg-y as I was expecting. I mean, obviously, like, the gun thing was, you know, I mean, gross, I, you've seen it, the flying Videodrome at this point. It doesn't get more Cronenberg-y. You've seen This is as cronenberg as it gets. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the fly is really what people when people say Cronenberg, that's what they're thinking of. And I yeah. guess the end of Videodrome, where like the the, the oh, yeah. eyeglass salesman like turns into like fucking mush, basically. Yeah. That was pretty Cronenberg. Uh, oh, you know, oh I mean, uh you should watch you should watch Society. I think that's what it's called. Society. Yeah, there we go. You'd like that. That one might actually give you more of what you're looking for if that still wasn't enough cronenberg for you is that this is i assume it's not cronenberg, cronenberg. No. oh society 1989 that's it yep american body horror yep yeah you know it's it's, it's so i guess i i was also going to talk about this so let's let's talk about it because it's it's apropos is because cronenberg is very associated with the body horror genre yes um as as a major popularizer of it. And I mean, to some degree, I think that this is also me blurring genres together a little bit because I don't really care about the nuances between them, whereas the people that do care care enough that they're splitting them. But like, again, I'm bringing up John Carpenter, but like, I feel like John Carpenter to me is the like, I'm surprised that like when we talk about like cronenberg we're not talking about Carpenter-y because Carpenter to me, like, like the thing and yeah, oh yeah mouth mm-hmm. of madness like way more gross body to me body horror and i don't know if that's actually body horror i think i think what i what i understand because i was doing a little bit of wikipedia before this podcast to make sure i got my ducks in a row is yeah, that yeah. people don't really consider what carpenter does to be body horror it's horror and it's gross but it's not body horror because it's not it's not Something that's happening necessarily to a, like, it's not like an internal thing. It's an external thing. That's what I understand to be Mm -hmm. the difference, or at least what the distinction people make is. But yeah, just weird to me that, like, Carpenter isn't the one that's more associated with, like, super gross practical effects. Because for me, it's like, I was expecting worse, I guess. I mean, because, go ahead. Carpenter wasn't popular, right? Like, no one, like, people didn't like the thing when it first came out. 
Uh, right, as opposed to Cronenberg. Uh, and then Carpenter's also known for, like, Escape from New York stuff, mm-hmm. right? He has other things that people will say, oh, yeah, like, he's the Snake Plissken guy. Ah, okay. You know, and it's yeah, only yeah. in modern times that people have really come on to the thing, and that's what he's been really known, I think, personally. Uh, okay, I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. Yeah, because, like, for, for me, it's just, like, I mean, having watched not many Carpenter films, you know, but, like, the ones that are particularly gross, namely The Thing and Mouth of Madness, like... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, those are, yeah, those are probably his two grossest movies. Yeah, and so it's, like, I come at that from that angle where I'm, like, yeah. oh... Because, like, yeah, because you're thinking about that, but, like, look, Assault on Precinct 13, Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's no. got he's got some humor schlocky as well as his horror. Yeah. No, that's 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 fair. And I guess that's so I guess that's kind of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I think I think Cronenberg is more thematic as a director. He's a little more artsy, you know, <laughs> if that can be, you know, said about his movies. I, you know, and again, this is, this is, I think the, the problem is, is because I have a very narrow lens. Yes, you've seen the two ones that aren't like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, it's like, I mean, the thing, I guess, because the thing is just such a masterpiece that, yes. like, it's, it's very hard for me to, like, that's really what I know John Carpenter for. Yeah. Is but, the, like, you know? the, John Carpenter does not have any movies. Okay, that's actually, that's kind of a lie. John Carpenter just not as popular. I think that's what it really comes down to. I think that is weird. right. Everything else that I've said is kind of like tangential. It's yeah. popularity that really determined it. Yeah, because I mean, I'm I'm looking and like yeah. genuinely because like only, Prince of Darkness only... is very similar to Videodrome in a lot of ways. Like it's it's very much you know technology interfering with like things. It's it's not the same, but there's some elements there. Mm-hmm. But again, like you know, who's seen Prince of Darkness? Like even Carpenter fans sometimes don't. Don't watch that one, right? So yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 interesting because it's like I'm looking at his his you know movies mm-hmm. and like I've seen the thing and I've seen the mouth of, in the mouth of madness yeah. and I think that's it. Yep. <laughs> yep. I haven't even seen Escape from New York, so it's just like yep. I mean, that's that's and you know I mean clearly not as like you know Cronenberg's done stuff like popular stuff more recently, you know. So I think I think in a lot of ways, probably the more accomplished director in a lot of ways. But uh, but, you know, Carpenter is just kind of like, you know, I, I, I come at him with a very different lens because I've seen his I think probably he's probably one of his best movies, which is the thing. So I mean, John, John Carpenter, Carpenter is is I mean, I love all of his movies. He's probably one of my favorite directors. So interesting. It's hard for I me need- to even like <laughs> there's probably another episode in there where i need to we need to watch more john carpenter like, I, I just like it's like dark star great assault on precinct 13 great halloween eh, it's pretty good the fog <laughs> i don't think i've seen the fog escape from new york amazing the thing amazing christine amazing starman didn't see it big trouble in little china <laughs> awesome prince of darkness amazing they live so good I haven't seen a memoirs of invisible man it looks pretty bad though <laughs> i'm gonna be honest that looks that looks like a big stinker mouth of madness amazing <laughs> Oh, Village of the Damned, yeah, that's a good one. Escape from L.A. I love Escape from L.A., even if people don't like it. I I have not seen Vampires. Ghost of Mars is terrible. And I have not seen The Ward. What the hell is this? I know he'd made a movie this recently. 2010. Yeah, that's the thing. I I, I also didn't know. I I thought he had stopped kind of like directing at a certain point. Reception, not very good. Yeah. Yeah. We ended up swinging back around to Carpenter. You know, those two directors, I confuse them all the time. (laughs) I think it's understandable. So... Yeah, so I mean, I guess like you know, very like now that I've seen a few movies, like I, I mean, I, sh- I should probably watch more of his other stuff, like because I Cronenberg, you mean, right? Cronenberg, Cronenberg, yeah. yes, yeah, sorry to to come back, yeah, yeah, because like, we, you know, we we have there's so many, 
We've back and forth. We have back and forth, as we do. I know that, like, you know, I mean, I know Eastern Promises is good. I know History of Violence is good. Like, you know, it's like these are these are movies that I should have seen and just never got around to. So those are, those will certainly be ones that are on my list of things that I need to see. Watch more Cronenberg movies. I need to get more Cronenberged up. But yeah, so I guess you know, I little I was a little surprised by. I mean, other than The Fly, which was very was exactly what I was looking for with Cronenberg. Like these, none of these were um, as as Cronenberg as I was expecting Cronenberg to get, um, based on my Rick and Morty experience. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, it's like if if that's what you're going to think of as Cronenberg, that's way more extreme than anything you'll ever see. I know, right? Um, but uh, I will say though, video. I actually found Videodrome's effects really like because like The Fly was disgusting um, and very good, but like like the like like all the scenes with like the TV of like you know like the 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 guns stretching out from it and like i was just like videodrome felt like he was getting like he was really pushing the limits on that one to some degree like there was things in there where i was just like i'm starting to see like modern ideas come through in videodrome Mm -hmm. that i wasn't necessarily like the fly was a like a very 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 good 80s movie whereas like videodrome i was just like this is getting into like 90s and 2000s type of like ideas and effects that I'm pretty interested in. Yeah, no, I mean, I think Videodrome is definitely where he, like, hit upon a lot of really good themes about where society was going. It just, he did it by accident. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, yeah, people jack off too much. But it's like, no, actually, people just are on the internet too much (laughs) in general. Yeah, And more interesting directing, I feel like. Again, I, I had a very, there is very much of a feeling of, like, this is this is getting much more into like '90s and 2000s like directing styles mm. uh, versus the '80s that like you know because the, the fly still felt very '80s whereas like this was starting to get into like if you would release this you know 1994 I wouldn't have been surprised you know you didn't release it in 1994 but like the fact that like it was you know in the I guess what late '80s no early early '80s 1983 so yeah really felt like he was starting to push the envelope in there. You know, that like there was, mm-hmm. he was, he yeah. was, he was ahead of his time on this one. I yes. Think. Yeah. I would. And also I mean, Debbie Harry from Blondie. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And Toronto. So, I mean, it's, it's ticking all the boxes. It's great. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, of the two of them, I certainly preferred Videodrome. Um, I will say like from a, so of the three movies to kind of make this a little bit of like a part two episode to the previous one. Yeah. Um, I feel like I liked Existence the most out of all of these movies, like as a movie. Interesting. Hmm. I feel like that was the one where I was just like, I was the most interested in what was going on. I, I, I think the themes in this are the most interesting and raise the most integ- interesting questions. But like as a movie, as like something to just watch, like I would probably, I could, I could see myself watching Existence again. I could also see myself to some degree watching this movie again. I don't know that I would yeah. ever watch The Fly I, again. I, I definitely think that, yeah. Extends to some degree does hit that sweet spot between like depth and watchability. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's much more clearly stating its thesis as as opposed to Videodrome, which is you know not purposefully obscuring it, but like you know doing the its best job to confuse you. Yes, it's 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 being a mindfuck on purpose. Yeah. Whereas I think Existence has more like character focused mindfucks, and the actual yes. plot is relatively you know solid. 
Yeah. And the premise is just really interesting. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. if it's just like, it's it's not saying as many interesting things as Videodrome is. The premise itself, I do really enjoy. More relevant, for sure, too. For sure. So, yeah. Thank you for fucking... Yeah, of Cronenberg-ing course. Yeah, Cronenberg. This is... This was fantastic. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe you hadn't seen any Cronenberg movies before now. You know, it's it was a I I'm, I'm garbage. I mean, what can I say? No, no, no. I'm, yeah, terrible, just, I'm, I'm a terrible garbage ter- person. Yep, I, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now I'm you're sorry, better. Now. You've you fixed yeah. it. You've gotten some I've, Cronenberg. I've wiped off like three or four yeah. of like the rotted banana peels, and now I'm you know I'm somewhat better of a human mm-hmm. being. And uh, there you, you go. Know, it's great. So, yeah um fuck what else is there anything else to say about uh about these movies uh, i don't think so i don't think so either all right well uh we're gonna figure out something for mm-hmm. next time as yep. we do but yep. uh yeah you guys will Otherwise, find about that later yeah i mean in stay the future tuned. I, yeah <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> <laughs> see ya yeah see ya